Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. The BMW i4 M50. It's 100% electric and 100% BMW. Experience the power of over 500 horses stampeding at a whisper as BMW M-engineered handling takes you through every twist and turn. The complete suite of intuitive technology keeps you connected. The pure performance keeps your heart racing. The BMW i4 M50. Silence has never said so much. BMW, the ultimate electric driving machine. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 163 of the Dave Damashek football program. Available as always on iTunes and at nfl.com slash Shek, S-H-E-K. A dandy show, I'm predicting it, not unlike Babe Ruth in the what World Series? 32 World Series, I think it was, in Wrigley. Calling a shot, I'm calling this shot, this will be a good show. We're soon to be joined in Studio 66 by safety of the Seattle Seahawks, Earl Thomas. Looking forward to kibitz in with him about the uh, the big rivalry there with the Niners, so on and so forth. Meantime, let's get into what's going down in the world of sports and beyond with my main man back in his chair, seated to my immediate right from NFL.com. It's Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? How was Chicago? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. Sure. Thanks for the tip on this pizza place, the Douay. Pizzeria Douay. Somehow Pizzeria Uno is like somehow, I don't know the backstory. In Chicago, you went up there to do some fantasy, fantasy football talk, right? All the, all the big wigs of fantasy football that you would imagine who are there. We're there. Fabiano. Fabiano. Matthew Barry Matthew from ESPN. Bar- met him for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Former uh, comedy writer guy. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but yeah, so all the bigwigs were out there. And more importantly, you went out for food. And that's, that's, that's one of my passions. And uh, so let's talk. <laughs> so yeah, I lived in Chicago for a while. And Pizzeria Uno is the one that franchised across the U.S. But Pizzeria Due, that's the place to get your deep dish. What a great spot. Mm-hmm. Charming little uh, establishment there. I don't know if they have multiple locations. I don't think so. But there was one right by our hotel. So it was uh, perfect yeah, convenience. I think that's the only well. one. Yeah. And uh, we also hit this place called Timothy O'Toole's. The uh, Red Wings game was Red Wings. The Blackhawks game was going on, and it was uh, it was a good time out there. I was, always, I wish I wish I could have spent more time out there. It seemed like a, a really uh, lovely town. I will say here and now of the cities that I visited in my lifetime, I would say Chicago is the most fun summer city that there is. That place goes gaga because there, you know, it's overcast and cold and everything for so long. They go wild when the sun comes out. And uh, so you got there at the right time of the year. Good stuff. And then, uh, and and of course, Rank has right now going on at NFL.com his big movie, his best football movie uh, of all time um, bracket going on. So go and vote on that. If we have time, we got to hit that uh, today or tomorrow or uh, on the next show there. Black tie Ooh. behind the glass. Look who's back behind the glass from his uh, his latest vacation, his 73rd vacation of 2013. It's black tie. How are you? What's going on, guys? How was NYC? NYC and Jersey were pretty good, pretty fun times out there. And, yeah. Um, had a little fun, and I uh, had to check out the uh, 53rd and 6th truck food spot it's one of the best what does that mean it's, it's there's a tr- whole place where the trucks no, no, gather no. yeah it's just one specific corner 53rd uh-huh. and 6th if you like uh mediterranean food rice you know gyro i like rice Wait, what is it who, who doesn't like rice well everybody Mediter- can Mediter- everybody tolerates style. rice 53rd right? and 6th if you're in new york if check you it like out. rice do we go there during the draft <laughs> was that by good. was that right by radio city music hall I don't know. I have no. I, okay. I, I. New York is a place where I'm lost. So uh, 
And then, uh, and then uh, lastly, joining us in 66, of course, before Earl Thomas does, from around the league, he's uh, one half of the debate club. It's Dan Hanzoos, also back from New York City, eh? Yes, I did not find any rice products when I was in Manhattan, but now that I know where to go, 53rd and 6th. Can but, I, oh, go ahead. No, it's funny that you brought up Pizzerina Uno because there is a middling Pizzerina Uno right near my uh, condo here in Los Angeles where they have a giant poster of Dave Damashek. From one of his Is that past right? radio shows, yes, it's still there. It's like the it's like the Damashek special, like it's a meat lovers pizza, and it's just right. a big picture of your face. Yeah, the oh no, I know what it Probably was called. Probably about age thirty two. It was Damashek. called it was called the Ula and La. That yes, was the that name was of the pizza. That was the name of the special pizza. <laughs> um, you have up right now. Hanzoos does his uh, his his request. He's bringing back the around the league mailbag, and uh, and that's fun stuff. So. Follow him on Twitter, at Dan Hanzoos. That comes out on Sunday, right? So It comes out on the weekend, Sundays this week. So send in questions. Okay, because I, I wanted to make sure, because every Sunday it has now become a little bit of a tradition that as I'm winding down and trying to catch up with NFL news, you know, getting ready for Monday morning, I check out the uh, ATL mail. It wasn't out this week, though, was it? It wasn't. I was uh, in New York for a wedding, but it will be back, and I appreciate that. All right. Before, okay, I want to talk about a lot of stuff. We've got to get a shout-out. We haven't gotten a shout-out from Black Tie in some time. We have to do that. Um, We have a lot of things to talk about. We're going to get to a Black List, one of Black Tie specials, where he he volleys – the the uh, hot news in the world of sports and beyond at us and then we respond to it and so we have those things to get to quickly though rank and i did what was that just last week or was that two weeks ago we put together we did it we did 32 we did for one for every team we made videos of the most overrated and underrated players by franchise in history. Mm-hmm. Now, this was very difficult to do. We were tasked to do it. We're professionals. But, I mean, some of them, how, how can you come up with some? Uh, it, it's hard for a team that is perennially a bum team or for the majority of its of its reign in the NFL, like Jacksonville and Carolina. They haven't mm-hmm. been in the league that long. So it's awfully hard to conjure a name that's actually overrated. Not busts, not guys that didn't work out in the NFL. Like Blaine Gabbert doesn't make it as a as an overrated guy, except by the personnel guys in, in the organization. Anyhow, all that backstory. I'm getting hammered today because the first one <laughs> is... The Baltimore Ravens are one of the first ones, and I put Ray Lewis as the most overrated of all time. <laughs> now, Ravens fans don't like it, and they're tweeting me like nobody's business about it. But think about it. Think about it this way. What was I to do? Who's the, who? If not Ray Lewis, who is the most overrated Raven? And r- let me first, before you respond, let me just say this to you. Who is uh, – Ray Lewis is – he suffers from the Rolling Stones syndrome – as it applies to an NFL football player. And by the way, little spoiler alert, I say the same thing about Troy Palomalu as the most overrated stealer, so don't beat me up too much, Ravens fans, because, yes, they are Hall of Famers. They are among, if not the best at their position in, in NFL history. But it's been a long time since they were good. The Rolling Stones, great, great records, all-time great records. But it's been a long time since they made a good one, and now they're just making a whole bunch of noise. Kind of like Ray Lewis, you see? And the further away you get from the actually good work, and it's just a bunch of noise, it at least puts a dent in your reputation. Hanzoos, I start with you. So you want me to give you an overrated Do you think Raven? I'm crazy? Tell yeah. me, tell me. Tell, so if I'm, if they say you have to put a name in there, I you can't say were, nobody, so I have to put some player's name in there, who should I have said? I think you were given a deadly assignment, yes. uh, embrace the debate type assignment. But uh, <laughs> That's so right, yes. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, Ray Lewis, why would he ever be viewed overrated? He because he was crummy for and, five years. Yeah, but he got old. I know Rolling Stones. All right, well, he stuck but, around a long time. But that doesn't make him overrated for what he did in his prime, so I don't think he's a I good quali- I qualified it. I qualified yeah. it by saying I don't think for the entirety of his career he's overrated. He's was phenomenal. But in the last third of his career, he was exactly that overrated. To quote Damashek, this is Hokum. What? My my ranking no, or the it, idea of having to do it in the first place? Well, I, I, I'm refraining from saying. <laughs> Rank, Come I'll on. say you. Who would you go with? Why don't you just go, why don't you just take out the three wood out of your bag instead of trying to go driver? Uh-huh. On a, on All right, so give me does, what's what's the three wood of Ravens? Just say Trent Dilfer. That's not an overrated name. No one holds him in high regard. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It <laughs> That's true. I'm laying it up. Avoid the yeah. heat. Yeah, stay away I'm from the up. heat. That's the all. only one I really uh, – I did the Raiders one. And it was – you have to come up with five names because, like, for the written component, trying to come up with five 
overrated players for one team, it's really tough. And especially with a team like the Raiders, who sometimes I don't feel – this is going to be funny for me to say, but I just sometimes don't feel that they get the respect that they deserve. But there is one guy I was able to to lock in on and was really excited to to talk about. But for the most part, these are pretty tough and they're brutal. And I know we did uh, the Bears ones up right now, and I – I said Steve McMichael, but I based it on his professional wrestling career. Nah. <laughs> well, that's good, but from a football perspective, too. A little overstated. His a little bit, yeah. He was all right. Same but thing with Dan Hampton. I wish. The whole line. I mean, even Refrigerator Perry. Is wow. Else. Well, that's true, but Richard Dent was legit, I think. He was, yes. Richard Dent was the real deal. I would give anything for there to be a sensical five overrated Jets list. Because that's exactly the point. Yeah. I mean, some t- there's not enough history with the Ravens. They've only been around. They've been around for less than 20 years. Right. So who are you pointing? At? Anyway, enough about this black tie. Let's get the business. Begin the blacklist. And if Earl Thomas comes in, so be it. We'll di- we'll, we'll we'll stop down and we'll pick it up uh, on the other side. Earl Thomas hit it. Blacklist. All right, guys. Blacklist is back. I'm back in full force. You know it. I'm back. Either way. <laughs> oh, um, that, I don't know what that little wind-up was, but all right. That was terrible. That was awesome. <laughs> I'm back and you know it. I'm back. back. I loved it. Back. He reminds um, me of Nick Hawk from Jiggles and his rapping career. Random. Speak- <laughs> speaking of rapping careers, apparently Aaron Foster had a song with Bun B. I don't expect any of you. Maybe Hansus might know who Bun B is. I do. Um, but Houston yeah, rap legend. Yeah, but... Uh, Foster is trying to get in a rap game. He's actually a pretty good writer, pretty pretty good poet himself. Either way, Blacklist. Starting off, guys, with NFL Films slash HBO's Hard Knocks. It's back this uh, off season, or actually this training camp, and the Bengals once again have been chosen to be the team future focused on and everything. I actually was at Films the first year the Bengals were on it. It was great. It was an awesome experience. But they had storylines in. They had Chad Ochocinco. They had Marvin Lewis. I, guess, I still have Marvin Lewis, but he was engaging back then. They had characters on that team. I'm not so sure about the storylines and characters on this Bengals team. So I ask you guys, what's uh, what's your reaction and what could be like the two or three storylines you're looking forward to? Well, you're right. They don't at least have any apparent um, heirs to Chad uh, silly Ocho Cinco's uh, throne there, but you know there. I feel like the Bengals are about as anonymous a bunch as there is. Andy Dalton seems like a nice guy, but we don't know a ton about him. He's not you know that uh, you know gunslinging, charismatic sort of guy, or at least he hasn't revealed himself to be that yet. AJ Green seems like a modest guy, and so on. Um, but who knows? Maybe it'll unearth anything, uh, so, some new personalities. But the thing that I'm most interested in, because Cincinnati is a repeat customer now, the first hard knocks, they were bar none the worst at cutting players I've ever seen. Some guys, like the coach brings them in. The you know I remember uh, Billick doing that. He goes one-on-one to tell them the news. Just last year, Joe Philbin brings them in one-on-one to let them down easy and all that jazz. Even Jerry Jones, people like the badmouth Jerry Jones. Pretty cool. The owner of the team sits down with you to release you. Meantime, the Bengals wake you up. If you've forgotten, they wake the player up under the cloak of night. Before it's even dawn, they wake him up. Bum, 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 bum. Bring your playbook. And then they make him bring his dirty playbook with his eyes half shut up to get the boot out the door. I don't. I I thought that was crummy, and I hope that they revised their system and gotten enough heat from America for the way they used to do it. I don't know if they still do it that way, but that's what's going to be the most interesting thing to me. Rank how say you? Didn't they have to tone down the Turk? Like I, I'm pretty sure around the league covered this about you know they've got oh, really they've got to be a little bit more sensitive and things like that, which is too bad because it is one of the few things about the Bengals that was entertaining in in a non manufactured way. Because a lot of times when you watch Chad Johnson. It seems manufactured, but I think this current Bengals bunch has some legitimate good personalities. Andy Dalton has a kind of a, a dry sense of humor that if you if you spend some time with him, you realize, like, oh, this guy's – I get where he's coming from now. He's kind of funny. I think he could be a breakout star. A.J. Green has been a genuinely nice guy. He can juggle. He has a lot of, like, hidden talents and stuff like that. But on the other side of the coin – Ooh, maybe they'll have a juggling segment each week. I would like to see that. That'd maybe he could, he could teach us how to juggle. But you're the Bengals – you really have a chance to fly under the radar. You keep saying over and over again that this mm-hmm. team is poised to win the AFC North. And 
I just feel if they would just keep their mouth shut and kind of stay below I the agree. radar, I agree. They with would that. be better off. Why put the target on your back like this? I just I don't see this as a good idea. I understand, but Cincinnati. You have a good football team now. You don't need to resort to these kind of uh, tricks. Leave that for the. For I some agree. Other team. Take the take the lead of of established franchises like the Giants and Steelers, and they they, they don't touch that with a ten foot pole. They're not going to bother that. And by the way, black tie. They don't have any personalities on the Bengals. Terrence Newman is not going to be Ooh. happy about hearing that. That's how you feel about him, Hanzus. How say you? Well, I do agree with the Bengals as far as a, a repeat coming back to the show. It's a little disappointing. It l- makes me think that there wasn't any other options for NFL films on this, um, unless you know Shad Khan was asking, and they were like, "No, no, we'll go back to the Bengals." <laughs> totally agree there. They, yeah. they they probably struck out on all the other options. Yeah. I don't see them. I love Terrence Newman, T. New, my boy, but I just don't see why they would come back to the Bengals. Yeah, and as far as the Turcos, yes, around the league did cover that. In fact. Uh, Roger Goodell said at the spring meetings how the NFL need to find a more humane way to handle cuts. And then I called up Charlie Casserly because wanted to get the GM perspective on that. And he told me that, you know, as an intern with the Washington Redskins in 1977, that was his first job, which was at the crack of dawn, get up, knock on the door, say, hey, bring your playbook here, go talk to somebody. So I'll be interested to see if, if the commish uh, is in touch with the Bengals about somehow – uh, massaging how this process goes maybe as an example <laughs> well, to other teams. That's the one juicy item, though. That's, that's what I mean. I'm a little yeah. nervous about that. We have the Bengals, and we have a less fun Turk situation. And by the way, you know, I've said it before. I'll say it again. If that playbook is so important, if it's so important to hold on to that thing, then how about this? When they call you, say like, "Oh yeah, I forgot to bring the playbook," and then when they keep chasing you, "Hey, can you we get that playbook back?" Oh, oh, you know what? I left it in my car. Like, oh, oh, you know what? It's over there. By like, if you play that game long enough, it could be like Halloween, and you're still on the team. You know, right. like, they they oh, can't yeah. cut you without the playbook. It's right? going to be like how Damashek handles the mustache situation. Ooh, I don't want to talk about that. Shots <laughs> fired. All right, black tie. Move on. <laughs> I'm not right, going on. to address my personal affairs, <laughs> my personal losses, my mustache Excuse bet me. losses. I got several tweets about that too to make sure you were following through on that. I'll wow. follow through. I'm I a man s- of honor. How dare you, sir? Really? Am I driving your car yet? Oh well, that was another <laughs> matter. Yeah, I forgot. I lost my car to rank, and I lost the mustache bet to Sporty Simmons. Black tie. Next item. <laughs> All right, guys. So we're a little bit late to this. Not through any of our faults, except Damashek, who was mine. I was behind on it. Yeah, you were behind. So you finally caught up on Game of Thrones. Yes, You're, I've seen the, the season entire eight. season three now. Okay. Okay. So don't don't spoil it for me though. So just letting everyone know, this next five minutes or so is spoilerific. If you haven't seen Game of Thrones season three, it's been a fortnight. Night. All right. <laughs> so we're telling I'm people just, not I'm to just listen letting anymore. people know for the next five minutes. This goes again. Skip ahead. You still have a. We two don't minutes. have to get into. We don't even have to talk about it too much. But I'll say this about it. Go ahead. What's My your question? question? Obviously, you saw the red wedding and everything that came with it. What was your reaction? And it was that the scariest of the most depressing TV slash movie moment for you, or what is? To me, oh, it, it was the. It was bar none as grim upsetting, sad, stunning event in scripted television that I've ever seen in my life, and I don't think second place is even close to it. I couldn't believe what my eyes were seeing, and that comes with I had seen enough stuff online that I knew it had something to do with Rob Stark. The uh, the so I and so I knew that it was going to involve that, and so I had a sense that oh, this scene is where something bad's going to happen. If I had no, if, if there was no warning, and I just saw that clean, I don't know that I'd be right ever again. <laughs> I'm still not right from having seen what I saw. I wish my eyes could unsee it, but it's one of those car wreck kind of things. I have watched. I don't know what this says about me. I've now watched the red wedding scene four or five times because I just can't. I can't take mm. it. Whoa. I want. I, I gotta pick it apart to remind myself that these aren't people that ever walked the earth. So I can't <laughs> be that sad about it. Whoa. And even if they did, it would have been a thousand years ago. But I couldn't. 
believe what my eyes saw. I'll, I'll tell you this, Shaq. That's weird of you. I've seen it once and one time only. It was so haunting. People it told me scary. they could never look at it again. I have listened to the Reigns of Casimir song, which is, you know, the Lannister song. That's the that's the trigger. That's the trigger. Hey, I have listened to that like going down. six, ten times. Like, I just played it in the background. It haunts me as I play it, though. But I, <laughs> yep. I can't watch it again. I Haunt is the right word. But well, The first thing we have to do is for next show, we have to get a psychologist to break down why you've watched that so many times and what that says about you, Dave. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, that's fine. I mean, I would never look <laughs> at anything real more than once if I didn't have to. Although I did get Lamar see... Willie in here. He's a sports psychologist. That's a good oh, idea. Go. We could get him on the line. That would be fine. It's football. So what you get yelled at? All of a sudden, you're making a few dollars now. You can't get yelled at. That's, that's the kind of this is too big. This is bigger than football and getting yelled at. This is this is human life. Fake human life, but still. Well, I think it, one thing that uh, to me jumped out was the idea of with television. You don't usually something that grim you don't see on TV a lot. In it mo- was graphic. Yeah. On top of everything well, that, else, it well, was sure. so. It was. Ugh. But I think television in general isn't isn't the type of medium where you have that type of scene happen because it's usually not as dark as you'll see this type of stuff happen in movies, a sad ending or mm-hmm. a shocking moment. But that's why I was really taken aback because these are the main character, one of the main characters of the show, and they just wiped out the whole family. Spoiler alert! But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's got to be the worst one I think ever in TV. Well, I'm judging by I'm get, I'm getting the gist. I don't watch this show. Um, it's on HBO. What? What? You don't watch Game of Thrones. He doesn't get any. He doesn't world. watch any HBO shows. I don't watch the HBO. I do. No, no, no. I watch them on DVDs. Oh, okay. And I'll probably eventually. You can someday. still go back and watch this. It's yeah, still. I'll probably, no, it, no, no, it's, it's still impactful, even if you know what I'll exactly start, what's going to happen. I'll but. start blowing through this one. Um, I was thinking of this because I watch a lot of the FX shows, and Sons of Anarchy and The Shield, two shows in particular, mm-hmm. do a really good job of having deaths and things like that. That like Opie died this season on Sons of Anarchy. And that was like a pretty grim one for a show that Great. has a now lot. Now you've of- ruined that show for me. <laughs> yeah. Now I know Opie's checking out. He's gone. And then, uh, well, I'm going to spoil. If you if you have any intention of ever seeing the Shield, you might want to skip ahead a little bit because I'm going to spoil it. Because the show, the Shield, starts off with Vic Mackey, who's a dirty cop or whatever, and it looks like there's going to be a character who's going to tail him for pretty much the entire series. He gets killed in the first episode that you just don't see coming, and this plot point plays out through the entire series and it, it was haunting first of all just to see this happen on the show and second of all because it was a central part of the point for so much uh, for the entire show that it, it, it still it, continues it's to funny you it. bring up the shield because to me that scene I, I didn't watch the show but a chum of mine uh, barbieri once showed it to us on dvr as he thought it was the most shocking scene ever. There's a cop who tries to go in and bust up a drug, some some uh, some drug guys, and he ends up, the guy holds him at gunpoint and makes him do some untoward sexual oh, things. Yes. Man-on-man stuff yes. at gunpoint. That was pretty severe. That's pretty bad. The that was bad, but this was worse, I'm telling you. Let's ask, because look who's coming into Studio 66 right now. He couldn't look any sharper. You could dress as nicely, but not dressier than this. From the Seattle Seahawks. Super uh, superstar you know, safety. What? And this should be pointed out too. He's on NFL AM in the morning, and he's coming in, and it's you know eight hours later Pacific time, and he still looks as sharp as he did early this morning. I know, but you didn't even let me say his name. Oh, Earl sorry. Thomas. That's who it is. Yes, he does look sharp. How are you, Earl Thomas? How you doing? How you doing? Well, I'm fine. Are you a TV watcher? Yeah, I'm a big TV watcher. Are you? Do you watch uh, Game of Thrones? No. You don't watch that. No. We're talking about disturbing scenes in in uh, in TV history, and there's this a scene in Game of Thrones that was as upsetting a thing as I've ever seen in my life. But we won't talk about that. <laughs> Let's talk about real sh- like real uh, dramatic showdowns and so on and so forth. Because the best one in the NFL right now is the 49ers. And the Seahawks, how does it feel now that uh, that the football world sort of has turned the page to some degree from the Steelers and Ravens, the latest great rivalry, now to you guys? You guys are the favorites to go to the Super Bowl along with the Niners. It's just a credit to the coaching staff. Uh, they both change uh, their programs around. We have a lot of great talent on both sides with San Francisco 49ers and us. And uh, we both kind of like the same thing. You know, we, we run a ball and uh, we're very physical on defense, so – uh, it's one of those hard-nosed, you know, robbery games that everybody's uh, looking forward to. 
Do you feel like this offseason that there's been a lot of um, you know, it feels a little bit like a chess match to some degree that, um, you know, Anquan Bolden comes in on one side? Well, then we got to answer him specifically, piece for piece. Yeah. Oh, you guys, oh, you guys uh, now have Percy Harvin. Oh, well, then we're going to bring in this DB to try and stop him. <laughs> Do you sense that there's a direct sort of it? Who cares what the rest of the NFL is doing? We got to beat this team in our division. I don't know if it's uh, so much of a chess match. I think uh, Coach Carroll just looking uh, for what we were missing. You know, it kind of looks like they're from the outside looking in when you look at what they added and what we added. But I think both teams have done a great job during the offseason with adding uh, the missing pieces. So all I can say is when we step out there on Sunday or whenever we play them, we'll see what happens. How close do you think you guys were? Obviously, you know, mere moments from being in the NFC Championship game. As you go into the offseason, what were the one things you said, you know what, this is where we need to improve? Because it seems to me you guys were were, were there practically. I think we just need to, uh, and I think we already have been doing that, is being more of a situational team, knowing the situation we're in. Even with the simplest things, it's down the distance, or if it's a two-minute situation, how many timeouts, or just little stuff like that. And I think we've done a great job of uh, adjusting and learning from our mistakes from last season. I think it'll pay off big for this season. What do you think about what was the buzz? Obviously, losing, um, you know, in the in the final minute that way to Atlanta. But was there a sense to what what Rank's getting at there? Is there was there a vibe around you guys that? Man, if we would have gotten to round three against the Niners, the way it went back and forth, I mean, they take care of you earlier in the season, but you absolutely smoked them. And it's the one thing that created a sense among, as you looked at the Niners, like, well, they're not infallible because the Seahawks embarrassed them just before the playoffs started. Was there a buzz? Man, if we could have had the Niners and got and had the rubber match with them, we would have gone into San Francisco and come out on our way to the Super Bowl. I feel it's it's a lot of things you could say about could have, would have, but it didn't happen. So really in my mind, I really didn't even go to that point. You know, I was really upset about that Atlanta loss. And everybody in the locker room feel the same way. Everybody's motivated, like I've been saying, every time somebody asks me a question of this sort. And I, I think, you know, that's fuel to our fire. You know, it, it doesn't take much when you talk about the group that we have. And uh, I'm just excited. I'm just excited, looking forward to it. When something like that happens, do you, can you even watch the NFC Championship game? Can you even watch the Super Bowl? Because to me, I don't think I could. I could as a fan, I can't. I haven't even watched. I can't watch the Stanley Cup Finals because no. the Bruins eliminated my favorite team. So yeah, it must be true for you, huh? I, I just think I was more upset that it was San Francisco that even got close. You know, especially with the bad blood between us. You know, everybody can see that. I, that's what really bothered me, but I definitely was jealous of the Ravens with the confetti and everything falling down. You definitely want to be a part of that. Uh, now in college, I was close, but I didn't get it. So I'm searching, man. I'm searching for trying to get there. Um, and do you feel like with uh, it's not just the Niners, but is there a sense uh, around the Seahawks that, boy, oh, boy, all of a sudden our division just, what is it, two years or three years removed from the time you guys host a, a playoff game at 7-9 and nine and people are <laughs> yeah. joking around about the NFC West? Now it's arguably as tough a division as there is because here come the Rams and the Cardinals probably aren't a joke either now with a legit QB and Carson Palmer. Right. The Cardinals beat us last year and the Rams beat us last year. So every game is a championship opportunity for us, and especially our division. We, we know it's not going to be any pushovers. And it's crazy that the Cardinals have a polished quarterback now. They didn't have that mm-hmm. you know, in the past, so that's definitely going to be a tough task for us, but we're looking forward to it. Let me ask you this because I've asked it to every single guy who's walked through uh, the door here in Studio 66 this offseason, and you have Russell Wilson, obviously, on your team, but you're also playing against Colin Kaepernick. What is it in the, in this summertime that is going to be the solution to stopping the spread option? What 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 is the... It, you know, in simple terms, people say you just got to hit the QB early and it takes his uh, his uh, guts away. It's got to be more complicated, right? In simple terms, it really comes down to disciplined football. When you talk about the pistol, everybody's assigned a certain person that they take. And uh, that's basically it. It's when, when you talk about the big plays that, that happen is uh, guys are undisciplined. They're t- trying to take uh, other people's gaps. When they have, when they lose sight of their responsibility, so the big thing about that is, you know, just trust the guys around you and play disciplined ball, and none of that stuff, you know, you're eliminated. You see what happened when they came to Seattle, we eliminated all that. 
It's funny because, yeah, Roddy White was in here a couple weeks ago, and he said something very similar to that. It must be like playing back in the uh, in the Big 12 against an option quarterback. It's just about discipline. Roddy White contends it's essentially impossible to stop because you're talking about a higher level of, guy, uh, of quarterback who's able to make those plays, and even if the defender plays it properly – a guy like Kaepernick or Wilson or RG three has the has the the skill to defeat that guy anyway. True or false? I don't think that's false. Hmm. I think that's false. Uh, I think the Redskins had a good game plan against us when we played in Washington, and they had success with stopping it. And they they just put a safety to uh, mirror what Russell was doing. So hmm. I I don't think any offense is unstoppable. You know. What about Wilson? Our uh, producer back there, who you met when you walked in, is obsessed with the way he throws a deep ball. He's even gone on to describe it as sexy. Would you agree with that? It is nice, and it's hard to read. Me being a middle field safety, I take pride in, like, QB intentions and stuff like that. And He's not as tall as as all the other quarterbacks around the league, so it's kind of hard to see if he's going to throw a deep or is he throwing a short. And he's just very receiver-friendly. You know, he's always give the receiver a chance to make the big play, and that's what you like about the guy. He's explosive. He's exciting to watch. Hey, I'm Russell Wilson. And I throw a sexy deep ball. <laughs> Isn't that sad that Black Tie, the producer, draws him into doing that? I didn't draw him into doing anything. That was his own words. Oh, he I just came up with that off the top of his head. Totally you're you're two head. peas in a pot, I guess. Earl, I had a question about uh, one of your mates in the secondary, uh, Richard Sherman. Great player, obviously. Uh, but another offseason where he's been in the news a lot for things he says. He, he went atomic on Skip Bayless on ESPN. <laughs> uh, he had a comment about Roddy White on the top 100 NFL network that led to some more controversy. Do you guys ever – have you guys ever went to him, hey, man, maybe you shouldn't say so much? Or do you guys like that he talks a lot? Where do you guys stand on Sherman's outspoken nature? In this business, it's all about production. That's all he does is produce. And Sherman's a smart guy. He knows – uh, he's a fifth-round, sixth-round draft pick. And somebody got to notice him, so he's going to do what he has to do. And when you notice a guy like that, the microscope going to be on him, and he's going to show you how good of a football player he is. So, I, man, he's humble, you know, when it comes to his teammates. So all the other stuff, you know, that's just media talking. That's just another side of Sherm that doesn't have anything to do with the Seahawks. But do you find it amusing, though? I mean, I, somebody who watches him blow up Skip Bayless, like I'll admit, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of funny. Definitely. He's a smart guy. And uh, he, he's going to use every little bit, you know. So that's just Sherm. You know, he's a fun guy to be around. He's always dancing, upbeat. You know, I'm, I'm glad he is who he is. So, What's it like in the huddle with him? Does he talk stuff the whole time? I want to get this guy. Is there, <laughs> wait, wait, who, who's real vocal? Is he the guy in that huddle? As far as talking, talking, I think we all are. You know, um, guys are not the same off the field as they are, you know, on. I think I turned into a totally different person as far as mentality-wise and the way I carry myself. I'm very soft-spoken off the field, but when it comes to being on the field, it's something else, you know. And the same way for Cam, BB, and him. We all have the same mentality, and that's why we click so well. What do you think about uh, your place on the top 100 list this year? You stay at the exact same spot uh, one year to the next. Uh, did you feel like the the your fellow players got it right there? Uh, you know, a lot of stuff went through my mind. I know I know my worth, and I know where I'm at. And I know that's not where I'm at. So, you know, I'm, I'm just going to continue to try to get better Did you year. Did you vote? No. Here's what I want to do. I want to go over to the Pro Bowl, and you'll be there too. I'm assuming this optimistically. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what if he's in the Super Bowl? Oh, that's true, unless you're in the Super Bowl. Here's what we'll do. I want to fill out the ballot with the players because there's here's what I don't like is the anonymity of this whole thing. You know, Richard Sherman, uh, uh, notwithstanding, he says, "Oh no, Roddy White's too high," blah, you know, all that kind of stuff. And players don't want to say anything. I want to shine the I want to shine the light on it and see who you think's number one. Who should be number one in Earl Thomas's opinion? As far as what in the uh, top one hundred player, uh, the number one of the top one hundred this year. Probably Adrian Peterson. He, I think he, that's Adrian who it's going to be. You know, it's got to be. Adrian Peterson. Yeah, I'd be surprised if it wasn't him. Who? What about, wait, what about this thing with uh, Jimmy Graham? I mean, to, to – Yeah, I don't get that. He didn't make fans. the list. I don't know if you heard. Jimmy Graham's completely out of the top 100. Insane. That's crazy. Are we – yeah, are we missing something that the players are saying that it's not I – don't, I don't know. I, I couldn't even tell you, you know. <laughs> We're not seeing the guys that was on the list. You know, I'm 66 and they have some guys. I was like, okay. 
That's all I can say about it. Okay, on to the <laughs> Yeah, well, it, it is. There's some some loco decisions that went down right. there. All right, let's talk about Earl Thomas. How he likes to spend his time when he's not playing football. How have you filled the spring and the summer? I'm sort of a gym rat, to be honest. I'm always around the facility, or if I'm not doing that, I'm on Madden. You know, just relaxing, oh, really? being a regular guy. That's oh, you it. should talk to this rank character. He likes that game himself. Yeah, we've been playing. You know, I've been uh, some of the some of your fellow players haven't been representing themselves too well. You know, coming <laughs> in, but luckily uh, for you guys, Roddy White turned the tide. I got humbled a little bit, so. Okay. I think, you know, if I would have known in advance, I would have brought up the system. But next time, <laughs> you and I have to play. We will. You might want to get in the lab a little bit more. <laughs> in the yeah, lab. <laughs> That's how you know I play man a lot. The lab. Game and terminology right there. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's that. Lab. <laughs> I like that. Do you use your? Do you use the Seahawks or do you kind yes, of venture I, out? I've been using us since we were 76 on a game overall. No way. Yes. The and 1976 edition of the Seahawks. No, no. since we were 76, you know, on the overall rating. Oh, I don't rating. I don't sit a couple things. Places. I don't know about okay. your games. What's, what's I will say though, but that's okay. a, that's a thing. Roddy White wouldn't use the Falcons. He was afraid. He used some other team. I don't remember who it that's was. That's a weird move. Well, he didn't. He didn't want it. He he didn't want it. He claims that you know what? Oh, I didn't want to embarrass you, but I, I think I think that was a shot at his defense. Yeah. You know, and I'm playing with the Redskins, <laughs> who weren't very good on, on the version that came out last year at the start of the season. I don't have the updates, but you know, I I man up. I play with the Skins. I make no excuses. <laughs> I, right. I actually have a question about Madden. What's more important to you to have a higher Madden rating or to be higher in the top 100? Higher in the top 100. That's real life. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's real life. I, Madden, I'm, I, I use it myself. I can make myself 99 the way I play right. myself. So, but you know, you you definitely you know want to know what your peers think about you. But like I said, it's just motivation. Put it in my back pocket, and we'll see what happens next year. Last question for you, Earl Thomas: Best Seattle Seahawks uniform in history. Don't say that neon green shirt. Either. I was gonna say that. I like you were. I wish Coach would let us just wear it one time. Oh, Earl Thomas! Don't disappoint. <laughs> You're such a smartly dressed fella in here in a three piece suit, and you favor the neon green. Man, it stands out. If I we guess. play Madden, I need you to wear the '76 uniform. That's the uniform. That's what I'm getting at. I like that Jim Zorn, Steve Large, and get with the black shoes and that you know that silver hat. That was nice. <laughs> hey. That's you. That's you. <laughs> That's you. All right. Earl. Hey, Earl, I got a question for you Uh-oh. real quick before you head out. So last month, I was on Twitter, Michael Vick racing Shady McCoy. He beat Shady McCoy. So I got a question for you. If you and Russell Wilson laced him up. I would win. All day? <laughs> Russell Wilson? Yeah. Yes. I would win. So much oh, confidence. <laughs> who would, uh, who can, can Russell Wilson beat Marshawn Lynch? I didn't. When did Russell Wilson turn into a track star? I'm not, <laughs> I'm not getting it. I'm, he's explosive on the field, but. Who wins just among the Seattle Seahawks secondary? Who wins that foot race? Me. You win that one? Yeah. Richard Sherman might find out about this. Uh, he might, he might, you might Sherman. be his next victim of trash talk if he hears this. He, he know, he know. He does. He always <laughs> he won't. No, Fastest cool. guy on the team, I'm guessing it's got to be Percy Harvin, right? Probably me or Percy. Is that right? You could keep up with him even. Wow, he's a burner. Good for you. Um, all right, well, listen. Earl Thomas, good luck to you. Continued success to you and to your team, like everyone else who's an NFL football fan. Can't wait to watch those at least two rounds of you and the Niners. And if uh, if things go just right, maybe we'll get you to round three in the title for the title game, trip to New York City, all that jazz. Oh, we'll see. Dave, da 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 don't don't Dave. Nice fella, a nice fella, and uh, I feel like quite spoken guy, but he was very adamant about him beating Russell Wilson. What I, that's what I liked. Is he you see at his me. fire when you started? Yeah, he with looked that at jazz. me like you can't tell, obviously, because you listen to this. But he looked at me with the look of like, really, really. Yeah. I think it's interesting if I mean I don't get the sense that he's a a you know a braggart or anything. So for him to say that he could. Uh, the, it's either him or Percy Harvin is the fastest right. guy in the team. That's he uh, could be the best safety in the league in a couple of years. He has yeah. that type of ceiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Well, that whole secondary is. I mean, that defense, boy. I mean, I, that, that defense. I I don't see where the holes are in that, and how you're going to make hay against that defense. And they have year. to, you know, in the salary cap era, the time to win is now because they're not going to be able to keep that secondary together. Hmm. Um, so, 
they got to get it done. All right, good point, and uh, good to meet Earl Thomas. Now, black tie, let's get back to the blacklist. I don't like, by the way, you attacking our guests all the time with that Russell Wilson sexy deep ball business. I, was, he, <laughs> I think gonna... it must make him uncomfortable. You're talking about his deep He laughed. He laughed. Okay. <laughs> I kid. All right, so back we were talking about the most disturbing scene in TV history. I say that the only thing I can come up with, at no, least, so I the mean, shield, yeah. the Sopranos... I'll, here's one. The Sopranos, when um, not Richie Aprile gets taken out, but uh, well, yeah, I can't think of the, the actor's name. Joey Pants. Mm-hmm. Um, what was his name on the show? Joey Pants on The Sopranos. When he when they kill him and then they hack him up right. and they bury his body parts all over, that was pretty gruesome stuff. Mm-hmm. The Sopranos had so many great moments like that. The one two that jumped out to me was... Uh, on the boat, even though you knew it was coming, Big Pussy being killed. The other one was Steve Buscemi. Yeah, but that wasn't near. I no. mean, that doesn't compare. How about right? Buscemi getting blown away by the shotgun by uh, Sopr- uh, by Tony Soprano? On the, that was pretty good in da- the face. On the deck, yeah. like in under- the face. Yeah, right. Yeah, right in um, the cheek. I have actually. I, I'm being summoned back down to ATL Lair, but I do have a couple more. I just want to throw out there. Go ahead. Uh, season five of Twenty Four, David Palmer. Being assassinated. Whoa, whoa, spoiler alert. But that's for it. It's understandable. Keep it's going. like 10 years ago. <laughs> Spoilers going um, forward. Jeez. Yeah, this Mod is all spoiled out. Breaking, breaking Bad. Whoa, 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 whoa. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah. All right. Can, oh, yeah. Okay. Don't do Breaking this Bad. This is too yeah. much. This is too much. How Get, far? I, 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 spoiler. I'll, I'll support this, though. 24 in his earlier seasons, so season one through about four or five, they set the tone for, like, big-time deaths, like big-time character deaths. You never knew when something was coming. And that was one of the first shows I really saw that really set that tone for like, hey, it's anyone true. can die. Anyone it's can true. die. But And if well, you watch, and you know, the same showrunner, I think, does uh, Homeland. Homeland, yep. So there's, I, then, I won't say, Let me Homeland's say one thing to you, Hanzu, yes, before but, you walk out. I agree with you. You say, you know, these are the lead characters. The lesson is these people are trying to knock off, or the or the author, George A.A. A. Martin, or, and the makers of this show, um... You know, this is the this is the angle. If you're if you're a good person, if that's your priority in life, you're getting knocked off. Right. You're playing the game of thrones after all. You gotta be your eyes gotta be on the prize, the throne of the seven kingdoms. These these are adults having this conversation about <laughs> the, the, the biggest question for Les Zeus go here is as who do you root for now? You know, I I it's, that's, that's you know the what's interesting to me. It's well, like it's good funny side. Be- it's Can I dumb. tell you? It's funny that we talk. We we had a conversation about six eight weeks ago on this show about the 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 twenty first century phenomenon, and I know it exists back into the seventies, and there, there, it certainly runs through dramatic television and movies as well for you know forever. But the idea that the lead character isn't just an antihero, but is unlikable. I mean, it's just I mean, I, you know, Tony Soprano and Don Draper. And Walt and Walter White and the guy from the Shield, which I never saw, but I gather he's a dirty cop. These people aren't—they're not—they're irredeemable in in, in virtually every sense. You know, they're not like the Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid is an example. Yeah, they're outlaws, but when we're introduced to them, they're bank robbers and they're not killing guys. And I know Don Draper's not killing anybody either. But it's like watching Ocean's Eleven. They're they're charming, at least. Yeah, but at least yeah, right. I guess the maybe the difference is just level of charisma. Tony Soprano, Don Draper, by the way. Is not a he's he's cool. He cuts a cool figure, but you wouldn't want to go out on the town with Don Draper for six hours. Aside from the fact that he brings in the ladies, but it's not like oh, what a funny time! You should have heard what Don said the other night. We were laughing and laughing. You know, it just yeah. you wouldn't say that about Tony Soprano. He's sort of a you know he's a jerk to everybody more mm-hmm. or less, right? Right. Walter White is a nerdy kind of a guy. He wouldn't be a fun guy to hang out with. Why do we care? As an audience about these people, and believe me, I don't ask that rhetorically because I I do care about all those people. Yeah, you know, like, it's a weird thing. Anyway, Black Tie. So let's wrap up the show here. Rains of Casimir, once again, great song. You can listen on YouTube. It, that song will haunt me. That's it's, right. It's awesome. Um, so lastly, the Clippers, the Los Angeles Clippers, ranks best team. I'm just joking. He's not a Clipper fan at all. Um, they're trying to ranks, pull off. Ranks' favorite baseball team has a pitcher right now, and they're not even halfway through the year yet. It was one in ten. One in ten. <laughs> That's a horrible. Gonna horrible. Bet, he's he's going to get released before he can get twenty losses. Joe Blanton is one in ten. Eek. So the Clippers are trying to make a lot of deals right now. There's talks of them trading Blake Griffin to the Lakers 
in a deal with the, with, with Eric Bledsoe or the talks that just broke down as we're taping here on a Tuesday was sending DeAndre Jordan plus picks to the Celtics for Doc Rivers, a coach, imagine that, and uh, Kevin Garnett. Those. Well, if they get KG, I feel like in uh, in an era where there aren't any or, or there are very few really terrific centers, and even if you do have a, a, a really good center, that doesn't equate to success necessarily. Not a lot of teams are thriving with those centers. I know Tim Duncan is, is a nice piece, but he's certainly not the star of that team at this point. Um yeah, I've been saying it for four months, and people would act like, oh, you don't know anything about uh, NBA. You shouldn't talk about it when you say this sort of thing. But I've been saying for a long time now, why wouldn't the Clippers and Lakers? Dwight Howard for Blake Griffin. Now, if you have to throw in Eric Bledsoe, the backup point guard from the Clippers, to to sweeten the pot from the Lakers' concern, from the Lakers' perspective, then do it. I, uh, CP3, who now is on record, is saying, and he never likes to talk about what he wants, and he doesn't want that spotlight because I probably because he sees how Dwight Howard has been received for trying to manipulate the uh, situation. For that matter, LeBron James and company with the decision, you know that w- when you're orchestrating things as a player, I guess the the populace doesn't vibe to it that much. But either way. CP3 has got on record saying he wants to play with Dwight Howard. As the Clippers now, you have to try and make this happen to placate him. Otherwise, CP3 and could just as easily say to, to Dwight Howard, hey, I have another idea. Why don't we go to Dallas? Why don't we go to Houston? Why don't we go to Atlanta or any well, of these other places well, that are willing to, be to take accurate. He didn't. He's not on record. His sources just say they've been texting back uh, and forth, which is... I, mean, I guess, yeah, he didn't make a public statement, but that's out there. I, you know, And from a basketball standpoint... Um, this would be so hilarious. It would be it would be captivating. You talk about you know, we talk about Earl Thomas and the rivalry with the Niners, and what we talk about all the time is rivalries are the best thing for sports. If you want your uh, your sport to get attention nationally in for for good reasons, without any of the melodrama. I mean, that is what would that be? They cross. Hey, Dwight Howard, clean out your locker, take all your stuff across the hallway. Same for you, Blake Griffin. Other other direction would be a fascinating situation by you know just based on that, but. Practically, from a basketball standpoint, CP3 with Dwight Howard in the middle and all those uh, those many nice pieces they have. I mean, look, that's a, uh, that to me would be the best team in the in the Western Conference next season. I mean, then, it's a, but I, Blake Griffin goes to the Lakers. Like, would, you wouldn't like that? I would it's love better, that. You're not going to have Dwight Howard, so I you may as rather, well take Blake Griffin. I would Griffin. love to. I don't understand why the. I can't. You're kind of making a compelling point for why the Clippers would want to do it, but. Jeez, one of the young, bright superstars of the game. Like, I don't see the NBA allowing that. They didn't, you know, allow the Lakers to have... Why not? I mean, and, and by the Chris way, Paul. how about this? And I don't want to uh, belabor the point too much as we wrap up the show, but, you know, it's interesting. Eric Bledsoe, if they do include him in a deal. If you put Eric Bledsoe at the point, he's he's your starting point guard from day one mm-hmm. for the Lakers. Now, this. all of a sudden, you have a a four, an athletic four, something they that, that they haven't had. I mean, since Pau Gasol in four, probably three or four years hasn't uh, really been great at running the floor. Now you move him over to center. Now you do have uh, an able-bodied center who is a nice scorer, and you maintain that nice advantage you had in the league last year. It just didn't work out for whatever reason. But maybe it would work better in D'Antoni's system to have a guy who's more of a little bit of a stretch for, even though he doesn't have a 15- or 18-footer to speak of, Blake Griffin. But you figure he can develop something like that. Meantime, you have a, a potent front line there. You presumably are going to have Kobe Bryant coming back, and you have a better point guard than you had last year. What's a, what's the, the difference? Now you move Nash maybe to the two kind of thing, and you let him do what he well, can he do from to, the perimeter. He, does, he doesn't have to play 82 games then. Right, or at the very least, you know, you, you you split the time down the middle that way. I think this is no. a, and, and again, not, the Lakers are obvious of why they would want to do this. It's the getting the Clippers, Clippers. apparently are saying they're not definitely not trading Blake. And yeah. from a PR point, that's a Donald Sterling thing. That's a marketing thing that they're yeah, so invested in Blake Griffin. It's it's yeah. Here's it's, the thing. Back to what Sporty Simmons has always said, and I think it's one of his great uh, NBA creeds is it's about the three guys. You you have money to, to max out on three guys, and those three guys all have to be really good. And Blake Griffin is not good enough to be the – you can't win a title, especially if CP3 walks away. The Clippers are nowhere with with Blake Griffin. The, 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 the peace means nothing to, ha- to, to have that guy. He is not – he can't be your second best player and have you win a championship, I don't well, think. Well, I mean, but you got to assume – that he would get better, which he has. But I mean, 
It's, it's, it's a long conversation. He's fine. But all right. So that's that. And I want to do your shout out, Black Tie. But I like it when everybody's here. Yeah, same here. I got a good one. People get upset about them. And that's, same. that's the fun is when you do your things and everybody gets I'll have outraged. One, about I'll them. have one on DDFP 164. Well, and or since sure. you're missing the next one, what number is this? It's 163, right? Wow. Keep up. Oh, yeah. Who do we have? Uh, what, who do we have later this week? We have uh, Ryan Clark. Still oh, is Ryan Clark in studio. One of my favorites. Uh, he is. Is he? He's got to be one of our three best guests. No, he's ever. legitimately one of the few of the, few of the uh, players who who would join the conversation. We're not interviewing him. He's part of the conversation. He will talk about the Blake and Clippers with us. He would probably talk Game of Thrones with us. Like, yeah, we got to find. He's out one if he of watches. those guys. He joins the conversation. He doesn't. Well, and to pay off our current poll, and maybe we should switch it out for a new one, let's do that at NFL.com slash Sheck, S-H-E-K. What about- we asked last week, if you had to lose, uh, you didn't get this question, Rank. Or no, uh, actually, Black Tie, you didn't answer it either, so we'll wrap it up with this. Yeah, me and Rank were uh, planning your birthday party. A surprise yeah, what happened? Nobody's here for my birthday it was last that, it week. It was that good a surprise birthday party that it actually just. The only, the only one who was here for me, my friend, my new friend, Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> And we have a new sports car coming out for you to celebrate my birthday party Shamelessly in my car. Plugging stuff. I don't care. And guess what? We ha- he got me a birthday present, and that's all I'm going to say about it. And you can watch it. That'll be up for you later this week. Meantime, the question is, what you have to lose one of your five senses. Which is it? There is a correct answer, and it does look by the vote that, uh, that people got this one right. Smell. Smell is the answer, yeah. right? You don't want to. It's the least harmless. Least so. Least harmless? Yeah. Well, yeah. either way. Yeah. You want to keep your sight. That's the most. Touch. I'd almost rather lose my hearing than my, my sense of touch. Then you never know. that if, if you lose your sense of touch, then you can't practically identify pain. Somebody could literally shoot you in the back or like you could be like uh, you could be like Rob Stark. Somebody could shoot you with a crossbow in the back. You wouldn't even know it. No, I don't think that's accurate, though. Touch is more outer skin touch if someone shot you i don't you, know that's, about that do you know that how do you know about that what are you who are you to say what are you a scientist now i'm just breaking it down and the uh and, and touch you'd never know the touch of a woman again you know it would be all it would be fun about it, it would well, be so nothing would change for you then ah black tie with a zinger look out rank you're next maybe Zing. cover up fella you're gonna be the next to be hit with uh. another witty jab by black tie all right well listen Everybody voted. I appreciate the votes. He's going to uh, smell out, with a runaway, a runaway with smell being the correct answer. Congratulations. We'll get a new poll up there for you later in the or, uh, today. And so be on the lookout for that. And like I say, later in the week, Deshaun Jackson in the sports car ranks movie. The, make sure you vote for that in the brackets there. The best football movie of all time. We got to discuss that a little bit. I got to figure out what my correct answer is. The fact is, though, and we've do- talked about it before. There really aren't very many good football movies. That's it's, the thing. There's, I mean, I would certainly put, I would definitely put Hoop Dreams, if we can count documentaries, as the best sports movie of all time. I would put Hoosiers ahead of any football movie. I would put Slapshot ahead of any movie. Mm-hmm. What about the baseball movies? Ah, about his Gaga about Bull Durham. I think that's a little cutesy, precious kind of sense of humor. I don't love that one, but I do think. Um, you know, I, the one that gets left off of the baseball when they says Field of Dreams to me, The Natural is the best baseball movie. That would be ahead of any football movie too. Yeah. Rudy, maybe. All right, I got to think of. We'll talk about it. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, maybe later. In I the think week. Mighty Ducks is totally underrated. That that uh, made me want to play hockey for like two, three years. I was legitimately. I got skates like the next week. I was skating around the home, skating around my home with a tennis racket, and I was all hockeyed out for like two, three years. So and for it, me. In Atlanta, this was? No, I was when I was in Nigeria. In Nigeria? Yes. You got hockey skates? Where did you skate in Nigeria? Oh, yeah, rollerblades. Oh, I see. And, yeah, it's possible that... to get an ice rink. It's not... That's, why, well, that's thought... why I reacted the way I did. Everybody there owned an ice rink <laughs> and had a driver. <laughs> Ridiculous had... claims by Black Tie about his homeland. By the way, Black Tie, I thought you'd be all excited that uh, David Beckham might be playing in the NFL. I am not. I think that's insulting to David Beckham. Why is it insulting? Offered to be to has he try responded out as a to this? He's not going to respond to that. What do you, you don't think pick he up, should play? Shouldn't pick up the phone for that. It's 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 an insult. You're talking about one of the best dead ball 
soccer football players. Well, so all right. Like, so that would be perfect. That would be, be a punter. Should come and be a kick an extra point. That's an insult. I don't get what an outrage to play North America's most popular sport. And I gotta say this too because a lot of a lot of our European listeners get on me for hyping up David Beckham, and I love him. He was one of my favorite players growing up, and I'm not saying he was the best or like the Michael Jordan soccer. Not even close, but he's had one of the best right foots ever to play the game. His corners and free kicks. Sublime. Fine. Of this course. is what kickers I remember in high school walking up from the what season would that have been? Soccer season, whatever. I remember was walking up is whatever it was. I remember walking up the field and seeing after oh that's what it was, the soccer players would be walking uh, pass over the football field to get back to the locker room after practice every day, and they just for fun they would line up and they would and these are high school kids. Pittsburgh soccer presumably doesn't rank among the best uh, in the nation or anything. These guys would just go by, they kick forty five yard field goals and laugh about it. Be like, oh yeah, look we, what we can do. What this seems to be the untapped uh, resource. Europe oh. figured this out. Hey, you know what we can do? We can send our guys over to America and make all sorts of money with this side winding kick uh, kicking. Jazz, I say, why not do that? That's a great idea. There's a way to accomplish to do it. That's why it's you can get like a to accomplish uh, to be in the NFL, a Division three kick, you know, free kick taker to come and be a now a now placeholder, a place kicker. That's yes, David Beckham You're, clearly you, hates he. One thing David Beckham hates is attention. Yes, there's nothing he that he like, hates more than when people pay attention to what he's up to. I you might I might no. sniff at a tryout to be an NFL kicker. I got a pretty good right. Oh, You're not, you know. now we're cooking with gas. You're not good enough. I think it's insulting that Black Tie is so dismissive of the NFL. I know why that do you being hate in the, the NFL, NFL is not the same of playing in the MLS. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, equal. don't get it wrong. I am not a fan They're of the not, MLS he, at he, all. That's what he does. At what, all. Did he, what did he do? Well, he's there for money. Nobody, he didn't, he, nobody heard of him before the MLS. I know. Thank, goodness, thank goodness the MLS came around to, to get poor David Beckham paid. But here's, here's my thing. <laughs> he, Is it, he, that poor deer, well, he was scraping by until the MLS came calling. But the thing is, is that, like with the Jacksonville Jaguars uniforms, I feel they're the perfect team to try stuff out like the two-tone helmets and, their, you know, and that kind of stuff. Just have David Beckham be the Jaguars kicker. Like, that's a perfect spot for him. Again, you know, the Jaguars become relevant again. They're fun. I would watch the Jags game. I'll tell you what. Fan free agency, the Jaguars would start climbing the list. Oh, yeah. Rank. David Beckham. We're closing out uh, June and not too soon. Rank we're, better get his football up. No, no, no. team. We're, uh, we're actually talking to teams. Like, the teams might get involved. This is this actually could be a little bit bigger. Rank, if you are a new listener to it, is seeking an NFL football team for the start of 2013. He is officially a free agent ever since his L.A. Rams left many moons ago. He's finally willing to embrace a new team fully, and we'll see how, uh, how that resolves itself over the course of the summer. All right, black tie. So we have Ryan Clark next uh, coming up here in a couple of days. That'll be great. We'll talk some top 100. What are we to now? Make, oh, yeah, look at look for uh, Damashek on the Top 100 show on uh, on Thursday night. Well, not the Top 100 proper. That's on from 8 p.m. Um, Eastern and 5 p.m. Then after the hour show after that, Sap, Mike Silver, Lindsey Rhodes, and whoever Your new else. buddies now. Huh? I think LT, LaDainian Tomlinson. Yes, great show. That's another one. Dig up that show. Last Thursday yeah, we did. Well, I don't see that's go. that's hurtful. Hey, you let's have get a, Ladanian Tomlinson on the show. That was Chaz Woodson. He asking me on the first top one hundred show I I attended. He said, uh, "What did he say, Black Tie?" Yeah, I don't, I don't even know why you're sitting here. See, that hurt my feelings. Why cool. did he say that to me? You're the best part of that show. That's you. You got it a hundred percent right, right? No, Gosh, that's what no. I know. Chaz I mean, didn't like my words, and so that's what he said to me. And then I told him why I was there, and I don't remember what my response was. But that was the end of that. But we, we you by you know, the end, we made time, our peace. You, you should have dropped the Joey Bishop and just been like, I was told to be here. <laughs> um, yeah, kind of like we were told to do overrated Ravens, and now I'm <laughs> getting the scorn of an entire city. I, um, just, I just, you know what, every time somebody tweets me about it, I'm like, yep, you're right. I'm deflected. The only <laughs> one, when I do, when you see the one I did for the Raiders, that's the only one I was like, this guy... Is overrated. Pro- I, I like the underrated ones. I like digging well, up that's those fun. guys. Yeah, who that's, are that's an easy one. Those are of. those are more pleasurable to do. Um, I yeah. didn't even touch the. Uh, I didn't even do the one for oh. the, the L.A. Rams. Let me just say this, and then we'll, and then we really are done with the show. One thing about the SAP episode: SAP uh, came in here, and we're going to get into the sports car 
um, at some point soon. I've decided as a special edition of the sports car, I'm driving Sap from L.A. to Canton for the Hall of Fame. Oh, induction. that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think so. I think I need to get a gold jacket for that just so he gets comfortable with the vibe of it. But Sap was in here. And he saw the picture turned upside down. I didn't know how he would respond to that. You know, he's a Hall of Famer after all. And we're just throwing him this in there. This is a there. picture of Sap in his 99 jersey, Tampa Bay Bucks. Thank you, yes. Out. In Studio 66, in honor of uh, 66 Mario Lemieux, we have a little portion of the wall devoted to 66s in sports history. And so we said, let's put Sap up there, but turn his picture upside down to turn the 99 into a 66. And uh, he saw it, and he was delighted with it, which I was delighted by because I thought he might get angry about it. So. They took the Troy Polamalu out of here. I know. We'll get it back in a month. They needed it for something. We had a giant <laughs> Troy Polamalu. Ryan Clark won't like seeing that. So, Ooh. All right, listen. We've said it all for today, but we'll be back to say more with Ryan Clark and maybe LT. Yeah, LaDainian Tomlinson's going to be around these parts on uh, Thursday as well, so we'll see what we can do there. Meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And hmm. not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.